You're listening to the Welcome to the Rebellion podcast. Hey, Jay, are you ready? Because it's time to start the show. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode. This is episode 20. Wow, we're starting to we're starting to pop these things out now, which is pretty cool. So I have an awesome guest. I've been trying to get him on, and it's been my fault. I apologize before the show started. Like I have uh, said, yeah, let's go this week, and then I had to leave and all these things. But you're gonna love it. You're gonna love it. Um, I'm gonna talk a little writing, a little book writing, a little traveling. So it should be it should be really it should be really cool. Uh, I appreciate that. But before that, don't forget to head on over to NineLineApparel.com and use code Drunk3PO to get twenty percent off everything in the store. They're doing some awesome stuff over there, helping a lot of people. So every time you buy something, it's uh, it's pretty awesome. And head on over to GeeksAndGamers.com for all your pop culture news. Find some awesome channels. And- a lot of things. It's a great community over there. So go over there and check that out as well. And before I bring the guest in, I know a lot of people heard about my other channel being demonetized from YouTube. And I appreciate I got a lot of lovely emails and stuff from people. So thank you. Uh, thank you for that. Honestly, that's that's been pretty odd. We're, we're going to work on some things. If you want to watch the podcast live, head on over to the Drunk 3PO channel. And that's where I record this live wherever you are listening to and now for my guests with all that being said please welcome the amazing author adam bray how are you sir welcome hey, to the show thanks for having me on and shout out to my brother josh who was probably watching as well but you know i love that uh, that countdown you do at the beginning of the shows it's it's great music but it also it like builds so much suspense and anticipation <laughs> when you're waiting for the show i love it it's a great idea good old yeah that's a that's a streamyard special that they uh that they threw in and that's i see awesome. everyone in the chat saying hey saying hello hello bray um people are just saying hi adam look at that Hey, hey, hey. Only one person said hi to me, but that's okay. I'll take it. I'll take it. No, no, no. This it's awesome. Thank you guys for being here. And if you have any questions, uh, please try to drop them out. I will try my best to get to them. So before any of that, uh, who are you? Like, why are you here? Why are you called the author Adam Bray? What what have you done? Um, you know, like like what who are you? Like, explain explain yourself, sir. Explain yourself. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, I, I feel like that guy in that that uh, Ross was it Ross Perot vice vice president uh, vice presidential debate that he was on stage. <laughs> He's like, "Who am I? Why am I here?" Um, that's the funniest thing. Um, yeah, no, I uh, author of Star Wars and Marvel books. Um, been doing that for about ten years. Uh, Prior to that, I was a travel writer living in Vietnam, mostly in Cambodia. I wrote guidebooks for um, for those countries in all of Southeast Asia. I freelanced for CNN and BBC and National Geographic, lots of magazines and stuff over there. What, what, um, how did you fall into that? How do you uh, freelance for National Geographic? Like, do they just go... Hey, are you living over there? Do you mind taking some photos or or writing you know, something up or I I just fell into it at just the the right time. Um you know, I 
I like to say, say that, you know, God planned my life better than I ever could have because I would never have uh, ordered my experiences uh, in this order, but they always, mm. you know, stuff I did 10 or 20 years ago often seems to, to come back into play. Um, like before all this, uh, I used to work with chimpanzees and bonobos, um, First at a, a lab uh, wow. out in Arizona, and then another lab out in Georgia. And because um, of that that exotic animal experience, um, you know, that helped I think get get me into the National Geographic thing, um, and also helped me with my first Star Wars book because I wrote about you know the creatures in the movie. So the pu publisher liked that. So these these things always come back, um, not to haunt haunt me as much as help. But, um, but yeah, is that I, what you wanted to do? Like when you were growing up, you were like, I want to be an author or I just want to travel. I want to work with animals. Um, like I, what? I, I wanted to be all kinds of things. Um, I wanted to be a Disney illustrator because uh, I used to draw a lot when I was a kid. And I lived uh, in um, Orlando or near Orlando in central Florida for a while. Um, so I kind of, I had a lot of exposure to that. Um, my mom, uh, took me, I guess she had some friends or connections that were doing, um, Ren and Stimpy comic books, uh, down in Orlando. So I went, went in the studio and got to wow. talk, talk to them and see them doing that. Um, yeah, I wanted to do Disney stuff. I never have done official illustrations for Star Wars or Marvel. Not yet. When I sign a book, I'll do little little cartoons and stuff in them but um but so i got to be an, a disney author so you know that that's close enough i think um but yeah my mom when i was a little kid she read me um what were they uh farley farley moat the canadian um author he wrote um uh, gorillas in the mist, um, never quite wolf, uh, the dog who wouldn't be owls in the family, stuff like that. Just m mostly, um, his adventures, uh, growing up and, uh, traveling around, you know, the world. Um, but also, you know, people like autobiography yeah. for Diane Fossey and different ones, but his, his type of stories, um, they were just, you know, just his, his normal life adventures and with, with animals and things. And I thought, well, this is the kind of book that I could write. I'd, I'd like to do that too. Um, so that, that inspired me with writing and, you know, just finding my own path, adventures in life. And my grandfather was an archeologist, uh, in Israel for 30 wow. years. He, um, he excavated the, the biblical city of Ai, um, which comes from the Old Testament when Joshua and the, the Israelites, yeah. um, when they uh, came in to conquer Israel, Bethel and I were the first uh, two cities yep. in the promised land. So my grandfather used um, the, the historical record in, in the Bible, the description, as well as outside historical records to uh, find the location. Um, did excavations there. I got to go one year when I was in college, but that got me interested in um, archaeology. So uh, while I was in Vietnam, um, I, I got real into the ancient archaeology there. Um, and I'd visit sites to write about for my books. But then in my free time, 
you know, in the afternoons or on the weekends, I just jump on my motorbike and go to just pick a spot on the map that I'd never been and say, you know, say, Hey, let's go here and uh, see what's there. And uh, I'd, I'd go to all these cool, like minority villages, uh, you know, in the jungle and the mountain and meet different tribes. And I'd start asking them, Hey, you know, do you, have you seen any, any relics or any old bricks or blocks or ruins, you know, in the jungle or the fields, you know, when you're, you're planting your crops and, you know, eventually I, I, people started telling me about stuff. Um, and so I, you know, I'd find these old undocumented temple ruins, you know, they're like 2000 years old and I explore those. And uh, so I just, I had, had a lot of fun. Um, how do they, how do, how does National Geographic contact you when you're out? Yeah. Did they um, have you write like travel guide or just like, uh, just articles for them. Um, mm. What I did was I, after I'd written a bunch of my travel guides, I kind of leveraged that and I mm. used Twitter. Um, back when Twitter used to actually be useful, um, <laughs> I, you know, I just, I just, I, I don't know if it really works anymore. It worked back then, uh, but I, I don't, this doesn't happen to me a lot these days, but back a dozen years ago, um, you know, I would, I'd fall, I'd figure out who the editors were that I would want to get in touch with just by checking websites, um, checking, you know, magazines, the list of credits and stuff, or the back of the books when they give all that publisher gobbledygook, they'll give the names of the editors and the people that are putting these things together. So I just compile a list of uh, names and I look for these people on social media, Facebook or Twitter and whatnot. And follow them and interact with them. And, you know, once kind of baiting them uh, to follow me back uh, and tweet back and forth and build build that connection with them and then just say, hey, you know, this is my experience. Um, I'm already over here. You know, can I pitch some articles to you? Do you got an email address I can send it to? And uh, just do it that way and then uh, pitch articles. And uh, but it, it's about it's about building up that experience, starting small uh, and gradually That's growing. Some, that is some good advice, especially for people who are trying to get in to have some of their work published or get noticed. So you actually went and found the editors in the back of the magazine or books, then found them on social media and then just kind of was like, I got something if you want it. You know, right. and and there and there you go. So you took the initiative and got it done. That's that's pretty that's pretty awesome, actually. Um, a, a lot of times people they wait for stuff like that to fall, you know, in their lap. And I'm showing the chat now. This is um, these are the books that uh, that you've done. So before we get into the Marvel Star Wars stuff, I want to show. This, see, for some reason, like I, we were talking before the show started, I'm like, I'm looking at all his travel guides. I'm looking at your travel guides and I'm like, see, this is more interesting <laughs> for me than Star Wars because right. uh, insight to Cambodia, Vietnam, you know, uh, all these. Uh, did So did you live in these areas? You were you were res like you stayed there for some time. Yeah. So, 
I was I was in uh, Vietnam in uh, central Vietnam for um, I did two stints there, but for uh, seven or eight years total, um, this town called Fantique, uh, and it was a fishing town, fishing port. And I, when I moved there, it was pretty empty. I think there was only one other foreign foreigner uh, expat living there. English speaker full time, um, and I lived just outside of town on a beach. You know, I, I, I actually went there because I'd met somebody in Saigon or, or Ho Chi Minh City who told me about this guest house on the beach that it had a baby monkey, and I'd never seen <laughs> a baby monkey up close, <laughs> and so I was dying to go see this this baby monkey. Uh, so I, I went to this guest house and stayed, uh, and just loved it so much. You know, I didn't leave and, uh, it, it ended up that this, this empty beach became the fastest growing beach resort in the whole country. Wow. Uh, and I'm going to take some due credit for that. Because, <laughs> take <laughs> because it, man. Take I'm it. totally taking it. Cause I was there first. Um, because in my free time, you know, I was doing web design at that point, freelance. And I wrote um, this, this website, tourism website uh, for this beach. Um, and so I was the only English language resource uh, for this area. So most visitors that were coming to this, this resort is called Mwene uh, within Fantit City. Um, they were getting all their information for me. I had a monopoly on it um, and I became the local expert in it. So, you know, I really, I think I can honestly say that I, I, I was a big part of this destination becoming what it is now, the country's top resort destination. Um, and, but it, it, it also goes to sh show what I recommend people if you want to be a writer, um, start small and become an expert because I did. Uh. I became the expert on this beach. And as a result, uh, travel publishers started seeing what I did. And it was a combination of them contacting me and me finding the editors again in the backs of guidebooks and emailing them. And in just a year or two, I, they started asking me to, to um, update their guides or write new guides. So, you know, I'd, first I'd write guidebooks for the whole country and I'd travel around um, as I did them. It's, well, and that was another trick, too, because I was doing so many guides. Um, yeah, you know, I see I, that. I, yeah, I might, I might publish five or ten in a, a year. Um, so what I'd end up doing is I'd, I'd get a, a contract for four or five different books at a time. And they don't pay very well. They pay worse than, than the Star Wars and Marvel books do. Um, <laughs> they, we'll get, we're going to get into that stuff real yeah, soon, everyone. Yeah. I guess it's a, that's a funny way to word it. But um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I would, with four or five books, I would have enough money um, to do like a research trip around the country or to another country if I was writing about Cambodia or Thailand or something. So I'd end up doing, you know, maybe maybe two country research trips and then I'd do little little trips, um, you know, on weekends or holidays or something more for fun 
or future work, not because what they were paying me was actually financing it. Um, but knowing how frugal I had to be uh, in this and double up on things, I don't understand how travel writers, because a lot of them will li like live in New York or Los Angeles or London or Sydney and then take a trip, supposedly, uh, to these foreign countries to, to, you know, to do their research. All right. So I can answer that. Yeah. Go ahead. All right. So many people don't realize <laughs> I have a travel website called Jaywalking the Planet. All right. Jaywalkingtheplanet.com. And when I got that thing, you know, going, I don't talk about it much here. Uh, I just kind of, it's like, it's like my other world uh, over there. And I bumped into a bunch of these people that you're talking about, mm -hmm. a bunch of these people. And I, I asked the same questions like, how the heck are you living? They ask, they get asked to do reviews of like Airbnbs and things like that. If I said that right, but like these places in New York, uh, airlines and all this stuff, give them free travel for good reviews. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Right. Right. So, so it's like, they're like, Hey, you got a, you've got a nice website. You got a lot of traffic. You got this or whatever. So how about we help you out? Like, why don't mm -hmm. you come visit us? And like, we'll let you, uh, you know, hang out yeah. with us and, and, and things like that. And so a lot of that stuff is, mm -hmm. is kind of comped. Right. Um, at least that's what they were telling me. Yeah. So I, that hasn't happened to me yeah. yet. I'm like still waiting. Uh, so hello, anyone out there. Yeah. But now, I have I, had people send me travel bags a lot. Mm -hmm. I have gotten, there was a point where uh, it was actually before the lockdowns, pandemic mm -hmm. lockdowns. Companies were sending me like from e-bags to like all the, I was getting bags sent asking to do reviews because I did a review on this Amazon, Amazon suitcase, the Amazon, whatever it was, suitcase. I did a review. Someone took it and like, it did. I did a YouTube video on it. Someone took that, worded out what I said, made an article, this whole thing. And then they were like, um, <laughs> it just kind of went out there. So my name was like floating out there. So they started sending me all these bags. And I'm like, who the heck has got my P.O. box? I, and so I started just giving them away because I'm right. like, I don't know what to do with them. They just showed up. Yeah. There was no right. note. There was Ooh. nothing. It was just like, wow. have a free bag. <laughs> and That's so cool. I was like, all right, that and they've stopped coming for some reason, uh -huh. but uh, but there we are. So I do like you, freebies. <laughs> oh yeah, who doesn't like freebies? You know, uh, who doesn't like freebies? But you, we were talking, and um, you, so you wrote these guides, but like you only got paid for just for right, like you're not getting right. royalties on that. that right, right no. There. Yeah, no, it's um, none of the publishers that I have worked for give royalties. So I don't know if there are any travel publishers that do. All of them are work for hire. So you get a flat right. fee um, and then you decide how you're going to spend it. So... So yeah, you, you yeah. I, I, I was like, not, I didn't want that to be a negative. I just wanted no, yeah, to explain no, to some people yeah. that were interested in writing, like, right? 
uh, do you get royalties all the time? Yeah. Is there flat? Like, how does this yeah. work? So no. basically, on some of these publications, you got a flat mm-hmm. fee. You wrote right. it out, mm-hmm. and then they can do whatever they want with it. Right? Yeah, you can. Right. You can spend. In my experience, I, I've worked for I think ten or twelve different travel publishers, uh, not and those are book publishers. Uh, and then I've done uh, lots of travel articles for magazines, airlines, magazines, um, regional and local uh, culture and lifestyle magazines, um, online sites, um, stuff like that. Um, and yeah, it's it's always a flat fee that you're paid. Then you figure out what you want to do with it. Uh, I've never worked with somebody that gives you a separate travel budget or a separate travel reimbursement. I think Lonely Planet might, but I'm not sure mm. because I've 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 provided a, a little section for their author for their book, uh, but I've never worked with them directly. Um, and gotten paid for anything. So I, I, I don't know for sure with like Lonely Planet, but then I, I don't even know if they're still in business or not. I'm not, I'm not sure where they stand because they've kind of been downsizing and shifting over the years. Um, but yeah, so so you, you got to, that's why, you know, I, I was able to double up, you know, on books, yeah. you know, and pool the money. So I have them, I can afford to do the trip trips because there, there's a lot of books that I just sit, you know, in a cafe and write for weeks or months. Um, mm. You know, I might sit for three months updating, you know, two or three books and not even leave where I'm sitting in a cafe. Um, but the, see, the publisher knew I lived there and they're, they're assuming that I've already, if I'm, they're assuming that I already know these places and I've already visited um, and I'll tell you that somebody who writes a country guide, especially if it's their first first guide, there's no way they've been to all the places they're writing about. It's just impossible. Um, so they're, a lot of what they're doing is research based on what other people have written. Yeah. Um, I was just lucky after seven or eight years, I'd done so many trips that eventually by the end, I'd been to most places but not when i started out yeah i they, when, when i was staying in haiti like i was asked to do like so, not much of a travel guide but more like um I, I don't even know how to like um uh they wanted me to write a checklist of what to bring if you're going there to volunteer i don't even know what that was like mm. and so they were just kind of like when doctors visit or construction workers or volunteer or missionaries or whatever it was like, and they're going there for the first time, what should they, what are the things that they miss that they'll forget to bring? So I've had people do that, ask me multiple times. So I basically like put together a list that I, right. I just send it out. I'm like, there might, it might add up like throughout the years we were there. It's like, it might add up, but, um, but you went from travel guides Right. So like I'm, yeah. I'm looking at the website here and and uh, Adam's website is in the description. And, and if you want to drop the links mods, um, it's there. You went from travel guides to Lego Star Wars. <laughs> is that correct? Am I, am I getting the timeline correct? The uh, the Chronicles of the Force Lego Star Wars books. Is that that correct? 
That's one of them. Um, the very That's first one of them. The very first one was um, uh, Star Wars: What Makes a Monster. It's this this little uh, little kids book. Star Wars: What Makes a Monster. There it is on Amazon. All right, right Except there. It's out of print now, but oh, it's still got a good. Uh, good page there so that's good there it is huh. what makes a monster how did you <laughs> hey you learned something you might, yeah i want to call somebody and stuff. be like hey <laughs> what's going on over there right how, how did you fall into star wars from like living in asia cambodia right. um i have horror stories of cambodia we were talking before the show but it's like uh how did how did we fall? How did we stumble from Asia to Star Wars? That's a pretty big uh it's a pretty big leap. <laughs> right. Uh well, it's there there's a long story and there's a short story. Um I I was in Vietnam. I w- thought I was going to live there the rest of my life, uh live out my days there. I had no desire to come back to the US. Um but uh, I'll give you the short details, and you can prove right, more if you want. Um, I I was freelancing for CNN. I had some friends that were um, highly persecuted uh, Christians in Central Vietnam. Um, went to visit them. Uh, mix some were like um, some were like Vietnamese people. Some are mi- minority people. Um, the government got concerned because I was freelancing for CNN and because these people were so persecuted and targeted, the government was afraid I would write about what the government was doing. Um, and the government apparently didn't know that I'd known these people and been visiting them for years. And I wasn't, I wasn't planning on, you know, embarrassing the government or, or, or writing about that really. Um, I was there for tourism reasons. Um, but the government got scared, locked down the province, um, like with roadblocks and stuff, uh, detained me, um, for like seven or eight hours, interrogated me. I, in Vietnam? Yeah, in Vietnam. <laughs> um, and this wow. is the province, this is the province that, um, had the My Lai massacre during um, the yeah. Vietnam War, where the U.S. soldiers um, killed a lot of innocent people, um, and yeah. as a result, it was very hardcore uh, communist. Um, but it was weird. The night before, I was having beers with like the head of the, I don't like guy from Hanoi. It was like the head of the Communist Party or something. It's like a big, big deal. And the next morning I'm detained and interrogated and accused of being a spy for the CIA. Um, but so, yeah, they were they were afraid. Um, they ended up uh, letting me go. Uh, well, but when when they arrested me, I tweeted out because um, st- they didn't take my cell phone. I tweeted out, you know, please call the contact the u.s embassy tell them you know blah 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 wow. and then before my phone went dead and as a result the the um the consulate and embassy got flooded with um calls and texts and emails and i guess i was told by them that they'd never experienced anything like this this was back in like 2011 i think um 
And so it became an international incident, like the State Department was in contact with the Vietnamese government over it. Um, they ended up letting me go. Uh, and I just went on my way. Uh, but they, uh, they did something sneaky because they knew if they kicked me out of the country right away, that it would be a big stink and it would be in all the news media and CNN would write a story about it. And they would have, I was discussing with CNN whether or not to write about this whole incident, but I decided I wanted to keep it quiet because I, I wanted to stay in Vietnam. So mm. I didn't write about it. Uh, publicly at the time, but they did a backhanded way and they just didn't renew my visa uh, when oh, it came okay. up for renewal um, and just like a couple months later. So they, and that was a big to do because they kept, when I tried to get it renewed, they kept my passport and they wouldn't get it back until I bought a, a ticket to leave. And I went to the U.S. embassy and I was like, they can't just keep my passport, can they? And they said, well, they're not supposed to, but just go ahead and play along. Um, I was mad about that, but because um, they they shouldn't have they should have helped with that, but they didn't. Um, so, yeah, so I ended up leaving, but then they wouldn't give me a new visa when I got to Cambodia. Um, Ended up actually getting Senator Jim Webb to help because he was going to Vietnam wow. to meet in Hanoi. So he inquired for me um, and there was some back and forth. But in the end, Vietnam still didn't want to let me come back. Uh, so I stayed in Cambodia for a year, um, continued writing travel stuff, went over to Thailand for a bit. Um, and it was nice. Uh, but it wasn't Vietnam. Vietnam was where my heart really was. And I just found myself um, uh, gravitating towards all the Western stuff while I was in Cambodia. Like I was going to the, I think it was a Soria shopping center in um, Phnom Penh. And they had this lovely uh, shopping mall, small by our standards, but you know, it had a great uh, movie theater. You know, I think I saw Avatar there and uh, Planet of the Apes and, you know, you know, ha had a great time at the movie theater. They had like Pizza Hut um, and uh, nice Western grocery st stores and, you know, cafes along the riverfront, along the Mekong that were all like foreign foreigner cafes. Um, you know, I'd go have a latte and use the Internet for free and hang out. But I was, so I was spending all my time doing these Western things. And I thought, well, if, if that's the kind of lifestyle I want at this point, I could do it a lot better if I did it in the U S than what I've done. Yeah. yeah. So I decided to come back and um, it just happened that star Wars celebration. I think it was six was in Orlando. Um, and I'd never been to one of those I'd always wanted to. So I thought, Hey, I'll go. Um, and I kind of got plugged in, uh, had a lot of fun and I learned cause I, I wasn't, when I was over in, in Vietnam, I wasn't keeping up with any of this pop culture stuff. I just kind of, I went bamboo as they say, I went native. Um, I kind of lost touch with with all the pop culture stuff here as much as I'd always loved it my whole life. But so at that celebration, I got plugged back in. Um, I figured out who all the, the publishers and authors and all that were because um, mm. they all had tables and booths. So 
learned all that, um, connected with a bunch of them on LinkedIn afterwards. Um, and one of the publisher travel publishers I'd always worked with was um, DK. And they do a lot of the Star Wars and Marvel books that I've done since. Um, so there's the connection. So there's, there's the connection there. The problem was, though, they're a huge international publisher. Um, they've got offices in London and the editorial offices, not, not just like distribution and marketing. They actually put the books together. London, um, Delhi, India, New York, um, you know, places all over the world. And so I didn't know who to connect with um, or how to connect with them. Because at the time I was for travel, I was mostly working with the Delhi, India office. They'd put right. all, all that there for whatever reason. Um, and most of the, the licensing, the Star Wars and Marvel is done in London. So completely different people. So I didn't automatically know how to, you know, connect with the right editors. Um, so, but I, I connected, it was writer Wendham who, um, he, he used to be the editorial director, I think of Dark Horse Comics and he's a Star Wars author. Um, and he, he told me very kindly to use his name and who to email. Um, and so I did. And uh, it was very kind of writer because, truth be told, I ended up taking over a lot of books that he once upon a time <laughs> would have done. So, And that's, that's the stinky wow. part. That's the stinky yeah, part. It's a business, about. man. It is. Um, you know, I love my co-authors. Um, and I've got some great colleagues, but the problem is we're all, as much as we're friends and totally hang out when we're at conventions and I have the best time on book tours with them, the truth is we're all competing against each other too. Um, and if, when we're on the same book, that's great. I love that. And I will always recommend them to be on the same book as me, but I never want them to take a book a way that I could be writing myself. And yeah. that's the problem. That's, that's what happens. Um, so you're competing so you, with, against everybody. Email this guy, you got the job. And the first thing they, these stories that you, you personally wrote them or did they give you an outline of what they wanted or how does, how did that, how does that work? Like when it comes to star Wars, it has an IP, well, at least at a certain time, they wanted you to kind of keep it within the realm of mm -hmm. that world and not go a little like off. So is it like, here's what we're thinking or or did they just say, give us something and we'll see? How, do, how does that right. work? If you yeah. don't mind sharing. <clears throat> yeah. Um, for me, uh, most of what I've written for Star Wars and Marvel, they're considered uh, reference books. Um, so okay. like it's, um, encyclopedias, uh, visual guides, um, character guides, guides to the shows and the movies, um, stuff like that. There are some kids books, um, we'll call them, uh, readers that are really to help younger kids yeah. to develop their reading skills. Um, yep. those tend to be a little more storybook, um, and the Lego books, um, they're kind of kind of half trivia guide, half story, half 
Lego set catalog because all everything in them are actual sets they want you to buy. They don't. They don't. There, so there do they are send books. you that information to put in the book? They send it to you, or do you have to do your own research? They, with these, these are called licensed books because Disney okay. owns the property. The publisher right. doesn't um, own the ah, property. I see. Okay. Publisher doesn't even really. I mean, it's it's little. There's a nuance to to parsing the meaning of of it, but to some extent, the publisher doesn't even own the actual book. Um, cause that's why, like we were talking before dark horse comics could publish their yeah. whole library. But then when Marvel gets the license, now Marvel gets to publish all those books that dark horse comic did all the work to put yeah. together. Um, so another publisher can actually take it. And I've seen that. Um, uh, well, did I've you been guys hear that? Did you guys hear that? So basically because somebody else owns the licensing, someone can write an entire book an entire yep. book or comic and if they own the licensing they could just take it mm -hmm. and just put their name on it and sell it and make the right. profit did right. i get that correct did i get that correct yeah. sir yeah. yeah yeah that's how tricky yeah. this yeah. whole As... business is mm -hmm. uh when it comes down to some of these ips uh yeah. that disney owns <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very tricky. As a writer, you know, my books will be repackaged um, and sold in a different form, a different book. Um, I think it's, yeah, it's out of, out of camera view. Uh, I, I've got some of those. Um, yeah, I don't even get told all of the time uh, when my when another book is published um, where they've taken my content and put it in to make another book and, you know, reused it. I don't even get told all the time. Once in a while, there are books um, often like once or twice a year um, where I just fi find out by accident because someone shows it to me, something they found in a store. Um, and that's true of travel books as well. Maybe even more with travel books than it, the Star Wars and Marvel. Um, but so it happens to the author but it happens to the publisher too. Um, I've been, I'm told that uh, like Del Rey, who used to be the sole publisher of the Star Wars novels, now D Disney is king of, of relicensing the same category, but calling it a slightly different category so they can like, to me, it seems like double and triple dipping. I mean, officially it's not, but so you have like. So you kind of broke up just a little. I, I don't mean to cut you, you kind of broke up oh, just no. a little bit. So you said, so you said to me, Disney yeah. likes to triple license the same material. Is that, is that what, is that what uh, I heard correctly? Almost. Or? It, uh, it, almost. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, I just wanted almost. to make sure I got it, it, it right. To, to me, it seems like double dipping. Um, okay. Okay. But, because because you you and it happens with toys too like at, yeah. you know hasbro's got i'm told it's like the master license for action figures but then you'll see these you know you've got a disney parks you've got action figures and you've got uh, like diamond select that they do action figures and you know different especially over like in japan and stuff i think there's several and everybody's making you know action figures well it's the same in publishing you know um, Del Rey, you know, they were always the, the novel publishers, but now you've got Disney publishing doing novels as well. Um, 
and comics, you know, you've had uh, Marvel, but then you had IDW and you now you've got yeah. Dark Horse again, back again doing comics. Now they'll they'll kind of call them different categories. Like uh, these are for like the adults or general audiences. These are for YA um, or and then these are for younger readers and there's there's some legitimacy to that but some of the ya stuff there's really not much difference between that oh and, i see and so yeah so but what i've heard <laughs> what i've been told is um del rey i think their novels are they publish in the us but i think another publisher gets to publish them in in uh, europe in a different market I've been told the same. It's like with DK, they'll publish my books, but they have another publisher that will publish them in certain countries that's not DK. Uh, so, it, so it's crazy. It's weird. It's yeah. Like, it's just like, like I wrote something. It's got Star Wars in it. And then it's like, okay, well, we're going to take that. We'll put it over here. Then we're going to take a little bit of that, put it over here. We're going to put some over here, some over here. This is going to be international. This isn't this. This isn't that. And um, you're just like, okay, I'm here, everyone. You're like, well, right. thanks for your thanks for your hard work. You could put that on your resume. So, right. you know. Yeah. Um, it, real and quick in the chat, uh, his yeah. website link is in the top of the description. Um, so if you want to check out the, the work that he's done and stuff like that, it's right there. So um, you don't have to look it up. You can just go to the top of the description here on this live stream and check. People were asking where they can find you and stuff. So I put sure. uh, your website there as well. So that is. Uh, I, that That's just. That's why we get and I'm. Let me word this correctly uh, or as best I can. So please correct me where I, mm -hmm. or I might be wrong. Is this, this is fascinating as someone who's working on you know, a book now, um, this is where you hear these stories sometimes where authors are not getting paid for their work mm -hmm. because of the licensing. And so then you have these, you have, well, we're talking about Disney, but any of them like that, they could, they could take the work that you've done and make a billion dollars, mm -hmm. but not have to pay the author because they own the licensing you basically were just contracted almost like a ghostwriter, mm -hmm. like just yeah, to do yeah. just to do a job and say, once your job is done, mm -hmm. we own it. Sorry. Right. Whether we make $10 billion or not, you don't see a penny of that. And because we contracted you for the work. So it's fair, it's legal. Mm -hmm. Um, but then like then you see these stories where it's like. I wrote this and look how much money yeah. they're making. I didn't make a pen. Like I'm not getting what's fair share, but that's kind of how all that works. Correct me mm -hmm. if I'm wrong, but this is what I'm yeah. kind of hearing. Okay. Right. Yeah. It gets really murky uh, when the licenses, the licenses change. Uh, Cause that's like, there have been some recent examples that are, um, I think what you're talking mm. about um, where there's some authors that came in the press of like, I, you know, I've not been paid in years, blah, blah, blah. And right. it tends, it tends to be with um, these, these publishers, they work for a publisher that's since lost the license, somebody else, some other uh. publisher has Disney's license. So their, their contract was with the original publisher. Um, 
but you know, I'm I'm not a lawyer. I don't I don't know how. These yeah, things no, are we're just talking. Yeah, yeah, let's just be clear. But, we're not literary right. lawyers. We're just kind of yeah. like they're talking about just, how all this stuff works. Yeah. So and my my contracts are pretty straightforward as far as it, at least I think from what my obligations are. Sure, that's that's so, what I. Yeah, yeah. we don't we can't so, speak on other people claiming they're right. not getting paid, but it just sounds right. like uh, when you get into the licensing, and like you said, if you know, if your license was one thing, but a company buys that out, yeah. then they own it. And then there you have it. Uh, in some cases, uh, we can't make a judgment on all the cases. So right. just wanted to, to throw that out there um, for. But was it after Star Wars, you started writing for Marvel, like the like the book I mm-hmm. see behind you. And they were they were just guides. So you had to do the research on all that. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, they um, usually what happens, and I think uh, most people probably misunderstand this. Um, you know, again, I've I've not written the novels in the comics, uh, right. so I I can't speak definitively on how that stuff works. Um, sure, but sure. I, of I can I can say you know based on my experience how it probably works. Um, for me. Uh, usually Disney and the publisher, uh, work out together what they want. Um, ultimately, ultimately Disney, uh, because they own it, they have the final say, they can say yes and no. Um, they have to like everything. Uh, so, but they work together, publisher and Disney, what they want. Then they, once they figure that out, they come to the writer and say, okay, here's what we want. You do it. Um, usually I get asked once the concept and the outline has already been written. Um, so I have a framework to work with and I'm just kind of filling in the words, the, the, you know, the content of the book. There have been times, though, where I have written the concept uh, like they, they the publisher had an, an idea of what they wanted to pitch to Disney and they asked me to write the concept to pitch um, or, or they will ask me to write um, the outline um and the flat plan that's just kind of page by page what's going to be on every page um and so at that point i'll have more input you know and i will tell them what photos i want in so it depends um but in my experience i have never successfully pitched my own idea for a book (laughs) where i came up with the idea that they accepted i have I have asked them, can I pitch you ideas? And they will say yes. Uh, and I do. And then I never really get an answer. Uh, but then, you know, days or weeks and months later, they'd say, oh, hey, we've got another book. Can you do this? Um, so because of that experience, I question when it comes to the novels and comics how much those authors are able to pitch. Um, sure, sure. Whether any, whether any of those ideas for storylines are actually the, you know, the major frameworks are actually theirs or it, it can't actually came straight from Disney and the publisher. 
Mm-hmm. I suspect it's somewhere in the middle, you know, they've got, obviously, you know, with this, you're writing a novel, you've got to have some freedom, but I'm doubtful whether they're actually coming up with the, the general concept for the books. I would expect Disney probably is because they have these master plans of what they want to do this year, next year, the year after yeah. that. They already, they don't want to leave that to chance. But at, at the end of the day, your experience with Disney was was good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's it's at least it's, when, at least when it concerning good. your books. So it's like you you didn't have a a, a bad run uh, with them and like the stuff no. that you put together. So yeah, no, yeah. I have I have enjoyed very much uh, working with uh, with Disney and uh, Lucasfilm. I don't unfortunately have an had really much of any interaction directly with marvel they're just not set up for that um lucasfilm is much more hands-on and interactive with authors um and Mm. uh, i've uh, you know i've 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 always enjoyed that uh that connection with them but i see you have a gina carano (laughs) <laughs> i do yeah in the back and that's yeah. a no-no that's yeah. well, a no-no I, right now I like uh, one of these oh too. look at that yeah, yeah. that's a I, no-no yeah i thought you'd enjoy <laughs> seeing a, a familiar face uh, um yeah yeah oh yeah uh, yeah she's yeah i see i was had, like when all there. that ha- when when all that happened like i i mean listen that Again, right. this I'm not trying to get we're not trying to get anybody in trouble or any or like I'm not trying to dig for stuff, but right. no, um, no, it's like um what happened? Like yeah, what do you um, what do you think about all that? You know, it's like uh I because like I said, you've had a great experience with right. them, like there's I nothing have, issue with yeah. then all of a sudden you're yeah. like they let her go because of her social media posts, right? Yeah. You know, and it's like I I was really I was really disappointed and upset by it. Um, and I think a lot of people are, um, a lot of people connected to Star Wars, um, whether on the periphery um, or working with her. I'm, we're not thrilled with the decision. I mean, you look at all her, her co-stars, um, yeah. you know, all, all the people that were on camera with her. I think pretty much by now, all of them have been asked about her and I have never heard a single one say anything negative. Um, They uh, say she's the, was the best one to work with and their um, political leanings are so far left, radical, whatever, like the stuff that they Mm -hmm. tweet, you know, like, and yet they go, Gina was the best. Yeah. Yeah. Like she Um, was the best. Crazy. What's his name? Carl, Carl Weathers, um, yeah. he, he, he says the most, I mean, what class that guy has, um, yeah. he's all of them have incredible class because they, they don't, you know, they could just go with the crowd, but they don't. Um, so I've been impressed with all their co-stars, but with Gina, um, I felt like you know, I've been a fan for, you know, since the beginning. I saw Star Wars when at the drive-in movie theater in 70, whenever that it came out. And I was like three or four years old and I still remember it. So, but all this time for like 40 plus years, I have known that 
everybody involved for the most part on screen anyway are you know are hardcore lefties um because they they've made no secret about it over the years right. they'll talk about stuff and i've just accepted that i've accepted yeah. that most people in hollywood uh don't accept my views and don't like me for my views and just they're they not representative of my way of thinking but it's not but, I but just, see that's the thing that's the beauty of where yeah. we live. It's like, right. vote for whoever you want. Live your life under the law and be happy. Just don't, right. for me anyway, just don't cram, like, don't name call me because I don't believe like you do. Don't cram it down my throat because mm. I don't believe like you do. And don't try to punish me because I don't believe what you do. As long as right. I'm following the laws, mm-hmm. you know, I'm living my life. Uh, this is the freedom that we have in this country, yeah. but it's just like something has changed where it's like, if you don't believe you're this, 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 and this, and we don't want to work with you. That's like Gina, you're canceled. We're done right. to the point where, you know, we even thought like she wasn't even going to be in the books or like, mm-hmm. yeah, the yeah. fact that she came out in the Lego game, mm-hmm. um, Cara Dune character came out in the Lego game. I was kind of oh, like, is she? Yeah, I was like, yeah, I, I didn't know that. Character. I was like, okay, like they wow. kind of because they removed her, they mo- they removed the Cara Dune image from s- several things, mm-hmm. um, and so and then the uh, the uh, Mandalorian guidebook that was supposed to come out yeah. hasn't, right. and everyone was saying, well, they were they they were getting Cara Dune out of that too, and you're like, right. really? Like that's what y'all were trying now? Now those books haven't been released, yeah. um. So I don't know if they are or not, but yeah, it was like, know. Um, you know, it was, uh, but, but the fact that she was in the Lego game and, and yeah. the Cardoon character showing up in Lego sets and different things like that, it's mm-hmm. kind of like, okay, yeah, maybe, maybe someone over there is like, Hey, maybe we, uh, maybe we messed up. <laughs> yeah. That, that is very interesting. Well, I think they, I think they've come to realize that maybe they made a little bit of a mistake. I don't think they in, in their little echo chamber realized there was going to be mm. quite the backlash. Um, you know, and the thing is for me, I felt like she was, she was the first one finally after 40 plus years that represented my way of thinking or something, you know, or at least some, someone different than everybody else. And when they fired her, it was like a message that um, if, if you don't think like everybody, all the other lefties that are in Hollywood and Disney and whatever, if you're a conservative, you're not welcome here as a contributor. If you're and by extension, it feels like, and it doesn't have to be this way, but they've made it feel like if you're not a lefty, if you're a conservative, you're not welcome as a fan. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I would hope one. I would hope that's not the message they want to send. And I would say to anyone that, that's watching at Disney, you don't have to send that message, but that's the message that everybody's hearing. I would love to help you fix that, but you've got to do something to fix that because that's the way your base feels as a result now, especially after all the things that are further unfolding. And see, the thing is, they, with that press release, they made it sound like it was about that Instagram thing. 
it was yeah. not about that Instagram thing. And that Instagram post, Gina didn't say anything that George Lucas hasn't been saying himself with Star Wars yeah. um, for 40 years. She, Gina said exactly what the prequels are all about. Gina mm. was saying with that meme that the, we have to be careful because the government will use politics to divide a community and get them fighting and against each other. People who were once peaceful neighbors and friends get them fighting and killing each other for the gain of these politicians. That's exactly what Palpatine did. He created a fake war with two sides that were once part of the Republic and got them to battle and kill each other and fight and destroy the universe so that he could come to power. Gina said yeah. exactly what George Lucas said. And if Disney wasn't so focused on the immediate politics of contemporary society, they would have seen that that's what Star Wars is about. But they missed the plot with that when they did this with Gina. Um, and that's one of the things that I'm so upset about. But it comes back to what it was really about was the pronouns and the LBGBQ stuff, um, that there was this plan to roll all this stuff out. Um, and mm. they felt like she, she, I, Gina, again, did nothing wrong there. Gina was the one who was being bullied. Um, by a bunch of internet trolls um, yeah. bad faith. And she was just in a very nice way saying, I'm not going to play along. But Disney again got worried because that was the year they had the Rogue Squadron um, game, the new X-Wing game, where the very first thing you do when you start out is you, you build characters by mixing their genders. You know, you, you start out with a trans character by default and then you can make the male or variations on combinations of I have male no, and I've never played it yeah, yeah. So I have yeah. No it's idea. right it's really it, it was really blew my mind because it's it's like right that's the very first thing you do when you load the game um, for PlayStation and Xbox and all that that was the year that um, you know June they did all the LGBT covers and they really pushed yeah. this thing about Lando being pansexual, which I find very exploitative. You know, you've got the one smooth black guy and he's a sex animal. Um, I think it's really awful. And I wish they wouldn't double down on it. I think it's really exploitative uh, and a little bit racist. Um, you know, you've got you've got all these things, you know, the, this LGBT stuff and it's it's playing out now. They've made it the number one issue. Um, but that's that's what their thing firing Gina was. It's not, um, yeah, they've it's gotten off that. track. Yeah, it's also like infecting the theme parks. Yeah, and it's like first of all, it's like it's in the movies. Okay, it's in the comic books. Okay, it's in the writing. Okay, now we want our theme parks to represent this. So we're gonna take out pronouns or gen or excuse me we're gonna take out gender uh names in the theme park so guests say instead they used to say ladies and gentlemen and boys and girls they don't say that anymore so it's just dreamers right. of all ages is what they say so it's like just slightly changing the verbiage and it's uh but that's how it starts you know and mm -hmm. um 
the the thing is is that i could call myself this as a theme park reporter <laughs> many of my friends that work over there at disney are just like you you won't believe how many people hate what they're doing that work right. in right. the office on the ground floor right. they're just like shut up about this stuff just make yeah. cool rides and ice cream that's all we want like like we don't care like let people live their life let them do whatever they want right. like what is the, what is the deal and right we can see like as of right now disney stock is like the mm. bar graph is going in the wrong direction you know it's like so, some of their movies it's like yeah. it's going in the wrong direction it's like all like going in the wrong direction yeah. and they're blaming it's like they they don't even see themselves and what because for some reason they think this is the right path we need to go and constantly yeah. push mm-hmm. and that's why for someone like me who absolutely has spent years of my life invested in lucasfilm star wars indiana mm-hmm. jones my favorite trilogy ch- favorite trilogy i don't the fourth one was right it's okay <laughs> but you know and now yeah. they're making another one and you're kind of yeah. like man that's gonna be wild mm-hmm. but Right. Uh, Indi- Indiana Jones and Star Wars. I'm a pre. Mm-hmm. I love the prequels yeah. more than anything, yeah. and all the lightsabers and shirts and stuff mm-hmm. and conventions and money I poured right. into Star Wars stuff. I'm at this point where it's like I I I can't believe I even say this. I just yeah. don't even care anymore. Yeah. And that's that was like you know. And I was trying like, what Gina did and Carl Weathers and mm-hmm. and. And Bill Burr and people from the cast of The Mandalorian. The Mandalorian season two started happening. This was even before I was friends with Mm -hmm. with Gina. But they were so perceptive to the fans. They would go on social media, interact with fans, even fans that were like, oh, this didn't look good. And and they would still like not criticize them. Mm -hmm. They would still. And I was like, this is a step in the right direction. Like, I like this. So I'm going to support this. And. You know, I'm gonna support what I like, and right. then of course, Gina was like DMing, not DMing, but like just commenting on people's comments. Carl right. Weathers was the same way, and mm-hmm. they were so inviting to Star Wars fans. It was mm-hmm. like, this is what I'd love to see. Yeah, and then it's like, okay, I think we're doing something. Then, um, you know, they just cut all that goodwill off by uh, firing her, and not right. and and you know, it just it uh, they they did other things too, but it's like. Oh, you like Star Wars again? We'll just, we'll just, uh, you know, destroy your favorite character. Yeah. Why? It, it was <laughs> so like, really. It was oh. so upsetting because the Mandalorian really revived Star Wars for a lot of people. The things that went on with the sequel trilogy, it was a hard pill to swallow after being so excited with it, um, especially with the Last Jedi stuff. Um, but then Mandalorian came along and it re- reunited all the fans again. Um, and especially Gina. Gina was so cool. I mean, loved by so many people, including all the lefties. Um, and for it just, just this big black spot that got painted on the Mandalorian because of what Disney did with that. It was so upsetting. And I have so many friends Um, So many people I know that have told me we're not going to the parks anymore. We've canceled our Disney plus we've canceled our Hulu. We're not going to go see the movies. We're not going to, we've canceled our pre-orders for all of our toys. 
Um, you know, and again, Disney, it doesn't have to be like this. You know, you 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 can still press the reset button, but you gotta you gotta acknowledge that you know it, half or more of your fan base thinks differently. Um, and you gotta be willing to make some changes. But the problem is they've made the brands activist brands now. Yeah, and it was it was before Gina. Um, the oh, first yeah, yeah. the first really big problem that I noticed where a lot of this started, um, it, it, it was before the sequel trilogy issues. Um, it was uh, with Rogue One when those writers used the Rebel logo. Um, when, uh, it was uh, the election just before Rogue One came out, went to the theaters. They used the Rebel logo on Twitter. They repainted it and put like a safety pin in it and it was supposed to be some way to protest Trump, I guess. And you know, it just it caught on like wildfire for a weekend or a week or something. And a lot of the news reporters were using it and um, podcasters and stuff and Disney employees. And it got everybody all worked up politically. And then I think Kathleen Kennedy had to walk back or somebody walked it back a bit. And then I think the the writer guys had to back off and maybe maybe they deleted the post i'm not sure but it was out there long enough it really created a bad taste in people's mouth and from that was the foundation that then the backlash to the last jedi came later um but you know there are things like disney employees using the indiana jones punching nazis memes as yeah and the way i took it and a lot of fans took it was if you're a Republican, if you voted Trump, you're a Nazi, Indiana Jones is punching you, ha, ha, ha. And that's a horrible message. That should have never been allowed. There should have been a company-wide memo, don't do this or you're going to get fired. If you've done it, delete it now. Um, but I but, mean, Pedro Pascal came out and did the same thing. Yeah, yeah. He compared anyone that wears the red hat uh you know, to Nazis and right. uh, he did delete it, uh, yeah. but still, you yeah. know, it's, uh, it's, it's a hard thing, you know, and then lately, you know, and using, using the same rebel emblem as, you know, the LGBT flag and stuff like that. It's, they're just, there used to be a division where, you know, it's one thing for employees, you know, people involved to have their own opinions but when you're using the company brands as uh, activist yeah. brands you're really separating your customer base um because there's nuance to this stuff there's nuance yeah. to how people feel and you you've just traditionally companies have always tried to keep that separate but you're you they've branded their product um as as an activist thing and it's just it's divided everybody and it's created such an uncomfortable situation um and i don't think any any goods why why do you want to split your fan base Here, here's the thing i have lots of i i have lgbt friends you know i close to me people that have come out as trans um i love them as i've often said of on Twitter, 
you know, if you're, if you're, if you identify as LGBT, I want you to be a Star Wars fan. I want you here. I want to be your friend, you know, come sit with me at a convention, you know, let's have coffee, let's have beer. I, I, you know, I love you. you. You're great. You know, um, LGBT people read my books, you know, they've done very nice things for me as, as fans to, you know, an author. I love them and I appreciate them. I, and as a business sense, of course, you want, you want LGBT fans. You want everybody to be your fan. You don't want, you don't want anybody alienating, but there is a difference between, uh, you know, loving people and making them welcome um, and feeling like they're welcome and, and political advocacy for specific laws and specific candidates and specific outcomes in politics. Um, and, and that's what Disney has crossed the line into with, with it's, these brands. And I, it's, it's completely yeah. gone amiss. It's, it's so, <laughs> it's so bizarre because I remember when the, the prequels came out and before you could buy tickets online, you had to wait like mm -hmm. at the theater. And, and there was about a hundred of us that camped out in Fort Lauderdale, Florida and waited two nights and it became like this cool event right it came like mm -hmm. this cool event and it was like i mean we could label everyone there gay straight ray right. whatever where young old male mm -hmm. fe whatever they were all there and we didn't care where you were from we didn't care how old right. or young you were we didn't care mm -hmm. that you're gay or straight we didn't care we were star wars fans like and we came together and it was mm -hmm. so cool because some people would leave, you know, and we're like, we, we'd watch this, but they go bring donuts back to everyone. Someone went to McDonald's and bought like tons of cheeseburgers and handed them all out and all that stuff. And it was like, it was really, it was beautiful. And we all got tickets. And then we came back. I think they sold tickets like two weeks before the movie came out. We all came back and saw, hey, I remember you. Hey, you got this and everything. And we just watched, you know, we watched episode one together. And it was like, it was, uh, it was cool, man. It was right. like, it was cool. And now it's just, like you said, it's just so, it's just divisive. And right. it doesn't have to be that way. It, no, it, it's like, no. it, it doesn't have to be that way. And no. you, what do you I, think, like, what will happen? Do you think like um, the brand is going to get so tarnished that they might, or do we have to wait for new leadership? Do we yeah. have, or is it like, is someone going to come along and go, maybe we should rethink this. Maybe this isn't what, you know, because I just did a video on the theme park channel today. Right. Universal Studios released their quarter earnings and they mm -hmm. are setting profit records, right. right? Like profit records over there while Disney stock is slowly, the bar graph mm -hmm. is going in the wrong direction. Yeah. So it's kind of like, you know, and yet, on that tweet that Universal put out, mm -hmm. like, this is our quarterly earnings, we set records, you get tons of people saying, well, you didn't come out and speak out against the bill and da -da -da, like this mm -hmm. whole thing. And they don't say anything. Right. But their company is Zooming. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? So it's mm -hmm. just like, go ahead and cry. We're not listening yeah. to you. We're right. building a theme park. We're doing what we got to do. Everyone's welcome. We're not getting involved in politics. Mm -hmm. um, go cry. 
Right. Uh, but, you know, if you don't like it, don't come. But our company's zooming. And so you wonder if eventually uh, is Disney just going to be like, OK, um, hey, we we messed up. Uh, we're going to I think if they begin to walk it back, mm-hmm. it'll be slow. Right. It'll be like, yeah, we said all these things, but then it'll be like because at the end of the day, if I really if they really truly believed in the LGBTQ uh, agenda or community, mm-hmm. then they wouldn't be cutting out like the kissing scene in Star Wars. Right. There was a there was a yeah. scene in Star Wars where two women kissed and they cut it out for other countries. If they really mm-hmm. cared about this, you know, they would leave it in and say, no, you, you then you're not going to watch our movie because we care mm-hmm. about these people. We care about where they're going. But no, it's like, well, we're not going to make any money. Cut it out. Right. You know what I'm saying? So right. it's like yeah. that's that to me speaks volume. It, um that it you know, does. But, you know Yeah, it's yeah, because the the LGBT stuff, you know, the Middle East has this and China, it's both very similar restrictions, very similar editing that they do for both markets removing all the, the LGBT and the sex stuff and the black people. Um you know, it's because, you know, John Boyega famously, you know, for the China poster, very much uh, minimized, shrunk down yeah. and put off to the side because, you know, I've spent enough time in Asia to know those cultures love them, but they're deeply, deeply racist. Um, they don't even people even not only do they have a prejudice generally in the broad culture against, you know, black people of like African origin, um, there is a bias against uh, other Asian or other Chinese or Vietnamese or whatever people with dark skin. That's why skin whitening is, you know, the creams are so popular over there. And all the ladies, when they go out, they wear face masks and hats and goggles and gloves and everything because they don't want brown skin. They have uh, some that's a version. whole nother podcast. But right. yeah, when I was <laughs> right. over there, I was just like, that was front and center. The yeah, face lightning cream and everything. When I was in Asia, it was like but, that. Uh, yeah, it's like um, they had a whole the, store selling that stuff. Right. I mean, you that's know, just. Even um, the you know it's not just Disney you know because j- j- Disney is not the only one that's you know got issues like you've probably talked about they did with the the Fantastic Beast movie you know cutting out uh, those yeah scenes. that's that's um, what I'm saying it's yeah. like they they really cared about these issues you know yeah. uh, there would be right something but well, like get yeah. Oh, no, I was just saying, like, getting the boat back a little bit mm-hmm. onto, like, Star Wars, because you know so much about it. Right. Um, Because you wrote for it. And Marvel, where do you think, where, like, where, where, where do you think they're going to go with that? So. Yeah, like, I, I don't know. Um, mm. I. Uh, you, you mean as far as these issues or is next in the story? I just mean like the like where it's like for 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 people like us who are like big time fans. Mm-hmm. I mean, you wrote book Star Wars books for crying out loud, and you're like right. a little upset on how they're treating people, like how yeah. they treated Gina, things like right. that. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think they're just gonna continue with this trend? I mean, listen, right. we had and not to this is a whole nother conversation, but even Johnny Depp brought it up mm-hmm. in the trial oh, with yeah, Amber Heard yeah. about Disney saying they didn't even give me the decency 
to call and say, we're no longer going to have you. He right. said, I had to read a publication. Same thing with right. Gina. Gina said, I found out on Twitter. Yeah. I, mean, I didn't get the decency. So it's like, eventually, uh, whether we see it in our lifetime or not, there's going to be new leadership. Yeah. There's going to be other people growing up into the company. Are they just growing up more activists right. or are they going to eventually grow up storytellers, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, you know, well, and I don't think people realize, I don't think Gina and Johnny are the only ones. I think there's people that we don't hear about that this happens to yeah. as well. Um, there's one example and it's unofficial. It's, it's, I don't think it's ever been confirmed what went on, but you know, it's like Rachel, I think her name was it Rachel Butera. Was she the voice actor that did um, Princess Leia for uh, Star Wars Resistance, the recent animated series? She did a parody of um, that, that lady that accused Brett Kavanaugh uh, when they were mm-hmm. back in college of sexually assaulting her. You know, for, again, forgive me if I'm getting the names wrong. I, I think her name's Rachel no, Butera. Right. She, yeah, she she did a parody video because you know the woman had a particular way of talking, um, and I guess when the show finally aired, it was suddenly a different voice actor. Yeah, and they that, changed that, it. Yeah, that was after a big uproar of fans who were on the left um, who didn't like that um, and demanded Disney fire her. Um, So she disappeared. It's replaced by somebody else. The presumption is that this is how it played out and this is what happened. So there's other people. Um, I I would like to see uh, Disney change uh moderate this get things back on track the way they were um but there's a lot of backtracking to do because this like i said this has been going on long before this long and even before gina um i'd like to see that but i'm i'm you know and i I will still uh, i would still i think we should still keep an olive branch out if they want it if they want to change um I'm not sure we will, though, because the problem is people in in this camp, um, they're in a very loud enclosed echo chamber and they don't seem to hear the the other voices, the other side of it. They're so convinced that they're right um, that I think they really have to suffer some significant losses. I think it's all about the money. Mm -hmm. Um, If they start seeing... You know, in their in their wallets, and people have to be fired because they can't afford yeah. salaries or stuff like that. I think they'll be like, "Wait, what happened here? Yeah. Like, uh, why are they doing so well and we're not? Like, we're right. freaking Disney. We own everything. You know, I, like what what is that? So I think I that's think it's it's hard because like the next movie that's coming out is um, Doctor Strange. Looks like yeah. a very great, exciting, uh, well done movie. Um, does have some LGBT content which um has come out in the press that uh, i guess there's some question about whether it's going to have to be edited or not to play in saudi arabia i haven't heard about the comments of what's going to happen in china because they'll have the same issues or not um on that but um that'll be the next thing as far as how that's going to fare with people protesting um i think 
people are such diehard MCU fans. I, it remains to be seen whether this controversy will affect ticket sales. I, I, I think th it will take three years because yeah. the Disney parks are still full, but mm -hmm. these are people that have planned trips two years because of the pandemic. Right. They were in lockdown, yeah. things like that. So that now they're coming and they're, and these travel agents are doing these exit polls and no one's really talking about it. But it's like they're all around 60 to 70 percent. I'm not coming back. Right. And like they just did one recently that I was looking at and it's at 78 percent. I'm not coming back. Mm -hmm. And so it's like and I get it for 30 plus years, 30, 40 plus years. They just celebrated their 50th year in Orlando. 30 plus years. Disney has done an amazing job in marketing. When you go on vacation, you come to Disney World. You know, right. listen, like every Super Bowl, the MVP, they they get that commercial out in like two minutes after yeah. the Super Bowl. What you doing? You know, when there's like, you know, 100 million people watching around the world. What are you doing after you won the Super Bowl? I'm going to Disney World. So they have done an amazing job on that. So uh, in a already programmed in people's mind, it's like, let's take the kids to Disney World. Let's go. Mm -hmm. And so they're showing up there and going, man, this ain't the Disney I remember. So I'm, I'm right. going to go somewhere yeah. else. Yeah. So these other theme parks and hotels and stuff, they're seeing a huge, like they're starting mm -hmm. to see like this spike. And, um, but still, I, at the end of the day, they're still packed. Like Disney is still packed, but it's like, I think it will take time. Mm -hmm. Like the MCU fans, like for me, I kept giving Star Wars a chance. I didn't like it. Mm -hmm. no, I'll give it a chance. I get like, right. I finally have now cut the cord and Kenobi's mm -hmm. coming out. Yeah. Something that I was, so excited for because mm -hmm. of Hayden Christensen. I'm a prequel yeah. guy. I love Hayden mm -hmm. Christensen. I yeah. wanted to see him have another shot. He's but such now a it's nice like, guy too. I just like don't care. I exactly. Yeah. It's like I just don't care. And it's just I'm not. You know. And and everyone's like, you're gonna watch it. Don't worry. I'm like, I don't <laughs> think I. I haven't watched anything on Disney Plus yeah. since I canceled it. Mm -hmm. And and so it's like I got into a little bit of Loki, and then that's it. Like Bad yeah. Batch came out, and all these other and Boba Fett, and I'm. Yeah, I'm like I'm just kind of done, you know. But anyway, we could talk negative. Yeah. Let's just switch it around yeah. to a little positive. Well, before we do, I'll just mention the Bad Batch. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I have really enjoyed the Bad Batch. It's a lot of fun. It's very well done. For those have, who haven't watched it, it's basic. It's a continuation of the Clone Wars really and it's it's all the advancements that they made over those like seven seven seasons of clone wars and the effects and the look of it they continue at that very high level so it's a very cinematic show um i enjoy it uh, a lot the character of omega is i love her she's a lot of fun she's very human she's very great um Great character, really enjoy her. But I'm very concerned because she is uh, she is a clone. She's a clone of Boba Fett, but she is the only female clone. Um, and she's not supposed to be modified or changed, and yet there she is. She's a girl. My presumption is, and I don't understand why people aren't, coming to this is she's got to be trans what else would she and i'm just i'm a i hope they don't it's not that i i don't hate trans people i love trans people it's just i'm worried this is a political point that's you know this is part of 
boom, 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 all the eggs in the row. And I'm just, I hope we're not being set up for a season of politics. I would like to, you know, I, I just, I hope that's not what it is, but I think. Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. So. (laughs) Okay. Well, that's right. Yeah. You're not watching it. Um, But yeah, that's, that's no interest. No, nothing, man. I pulled the plug. uh, Yeah. I I don't know. Yeah. I I don't know what's going to happen, but let's Disney, let's get away from politics. Let's just, get on to good storytelling and love everybody but that's the thing man that's so on one of your um like in writing all these books did you have one that was like i like you just had the most enjoyment writing i mean you could from your travel vlogs to disney marvel stuff was there one that really stood out to you that you were just like my favorite i had the most fun with this this was awesome I, i i love because I have a few questions here, and someone said from Nicole, I'll say this. Um, I mean, actually, you know what? Before I get into that, let's just go over these questions because mm-hmm. some of these are pretty good. Um, Lisa K writes, Does Adam do writers' convention by chance? He'd be a great fit for Liberty Con. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Do you ever go to writers' conventions? I don't. Um, the only thing, only conventions I've really done are. Um, our, uh, uh, um, comic conventions, um, or star Wars conventions. Um, the difficulty with me for conventions are, I just, if I'm paying out of pocket, I can't afford to do it. Uh, so these big conventions that are far away, like San Diego comic con or New York comic con or star Wars celebration. Um, it's, it's always the publisher, and I have no idea what their arrangement is between the publisher and Lucasfilm, but the publisher puts it all together, you know, takes care of all the arrangements and covers all the expenses. I just show up. Um, oh, I if, see. It, yeah, yeah. if it's a little convention, a little regional convention, I might do it myself out of pocket. Um, but the idea is I've, however it is, I've got to make it work financially. Um, and as an author, it's a lot harder to do that than an artist. Um, because just, I think, because I don't own my books, I have to, if I'm gonna sell books, I have to buy them. Um, and I don't get them, you know, I don't get them free. I, you know, I don't, the discount. So you buy them to resell them. Yeah, I, I would have to yeah. buy them to resell them. And that's expensive. And also they weigh a lot. So I've got to have a way to get them there. With an artist, it's just pieces of paper. And they generally own the pieces of paper. Um, So it's a lot easier for them. And they can make a much bigger profit margin on selling a piece of paper for, um, you know, anywhere from 25 to two or 300 bucks or more. Whereas I, my books don't sell for more than 40 or $45 each max. Um, Mm. So it's just difficult to do conventions. Um, What really helps is if a convention wants to invite me and pay, pay, pay the way to get me there. Um, That helps a lot. If, and the pub, because the publisher isn't going to do that unless I have a new book. Are you going to be at Star Wars celebration? I am not. Uh, okay. because I didn't get an invite and I, I can't afford to go. So I got you. 
Unfortunately, right. I will not be. Um, yeah, I generally don't do those anymore unless I'm getting a freebie. Right, right. Uh, and it makes sense. I'm not. Um, um, but Nicole, so what I'm saying is, well, if, go ahead, if, brother, go ahead, if there's anybody, Sorry about that. you know, that's all right. If, if there's anybody out there that wants me to appear at a convention near you, um, the the best thing to do right now is to contact that convention and and tell them about me and ask them to invite me. Uh, that's get them the out there. Thing. I would love Star to come. Wars and Marvel author. Get them out there. Nicole writes, Adam is an awesome author. While I haven't had the privilege to meet him in person, the books I've purchased through him are awesome. They come autographed with additional goodies. Is that true? So if we buy a book off your website, you autograph them and send them out? That is true. And they do. And thank you very much to her. I appreciate her support. Yeah, they um, they all Y'all come hear that, everyone? little doodles. Um, you can... Uh, look through my website adambray.com see what i've got then you can email me email address is adambray at worldsbydesign.com and it's it's on the top of the the home page there so it's in the watch. description everyone yeah. click on it go check out his work uh see some of the photos his travels and things like that and uh we'll be promoting it at the end as well the star wars reporter writes would having a literary manager help authors not get taken advantage of by publishers it can help. Um, I have discussed the issue uh, with a lot of my co well, several of my co-authors um, and come to the general consensus. Uh, see, I have never had a, um, an agent. Um, and I've determined it doesn't seem like an agent would help for the sorts of books I have done thus far. Um, uh, part, uh, I guess a lot of that's just because there's not much wiggle room on what you're going to get oh, paid. Um, there, because so like, here's the flat fee contract and I do the right. Thing. Yeah. Because, yeah, yeah. because it's all, it's all, it's either licensed, uh, with star Wars and Marvel where Disney owns it, um, or with travel, the, the publisher owns it. I don't own anything I write. Um, so there's not as much wiggle room for negotiations. So it seems like an agent would just get in the way um, of that and even keep me from getting uh, a contract. Um, so I gather where you really want them is if you're writing writing something that you own, a novel or um, you know kids books or uh, comic books, things like that. The, when, if you're writing fiction. Mm. Um, going back to the original thought, what was one of the highlights, highlights of your career as an author, not, uh, anything else, but right. uh, as an author, was there like a, it was just, was there just like a, mo and it doesn't maybe highlight, not the right word. Was there just like a moment that was like, this is really cool. Uh, was it meeting a special fan or whatever, mm. like whatever it could be? Yeah. So did you um, have a moment? Uh, well, I'll pick one for travel and I'll pick one for, okay. um, for, uh, this star Wars stuff, or maybe one for Marvel too. Um, for travel, uh, I'd probably say, uh, you know, just the, the first full book, uh, that I wrote for Vietnam, just to have a whole book that is all mine, um, to, mm. to have that whole, 
whole adventure of going around the country and gaining all those firsthand experiences. Um, uh, yeah, it's, I, you know, and I've stayed at some cool, uh, resorts and hotels and things. Um, you know, I stayed at a few James Bond places, uh, type, cool. type James Bond type resorts, you know, just really exotic type stuff. I, I did get, a, I did get a few for free. So I did kind of do the trick, um, that, uh, you had mentioned, um, about, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, just, you know, telling them what I'm doing and, you know, can I get, get a, a comp weekend or whatever. So I have gotten some of those, um, but not, probably not as much as some of the others. Um, so that was cool. Uh, for Star Wars, um, you know, the coolest one I probably did was the very first Rebels visual guide to the the animated uh, Star Wars series, um, and that because I got I got in on the ground with that back before Disney was so secretive. Um, I. With that, I got to see, you know, I got to see all the advanced material for the show. I got to see episodes, watch episodes and stuff like a year before everybody else did. So I knew Ahsoka was coming mm. back a year before everyone else. That just, that, Disney doesn't do that anymore with their authors. This was back when Jonathan Rinsler, the previous executive editor who um, passed away, um, you know, and we had a great relationship and just, he trusted me and he liked my background. So he'd, he'd send me stuff way in advance. Um, I was kind of scared that somebody would steal my laptop and see all this stuff and I'd get and leak it. <laughs> yeah, leak it, but it never did. So thankfully, thank God for that. Um, but with that, you know, I got to interview Dave Filoni for like an hour and a half. Um, asked him all these amazing questions. Most of I, and I've never really published any of it because he talked to me for so long and talked to uh, Joel Aaron at uh, ILM and uh, Simon Kinberg. Simon Kinberg was the most wild one because he's he's like he did Deadpool and all the X-Men movies and like big, big, uh, Mar you know, bigger, even Marvel guy than um, Star Wars. Um, and I was so afraid to talk to him. I actually... The, the, they offered an interview with him to me from Lucasfilm. And I, at first I backed out because I was so nervous. I had anxiety about talking about someone that big. And they said, no, 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 he's great. You know, you should take the opportunity and, you know, talk to him. So thank God I did. Uh, Cause that was great. But then sent the very first book signing I ever did, you know, I'd done by that time, like 50 books. But the first book signing I ever did was San Diego Comic-Con, the very first. So, like, it set the bar way up here as, as high as it can possibly go as my first signing. Um, and I had Dave Filoni coming down to see me. I had Simon Kinberg coming to see me. Um, you know, all these, these actors from the show coming to see me. Uh, and that was just crazy for somebody starting out. So to start so high on the ladder, my very, That's pretty you know, one of, yeah, that, that was amazing. Um, All right. So unless you think about this next question right. while I read some super chats, but what advice would you give? I'll let you think, what would mm -hmm. you give someone who's wants to be an author or, or wants to start out? So I'm going to read these first mm -hmm. and then I'll let you like give, Give the good stuff, man. 
Give right. the golden goose. <laughs> John Orchard for 10. He says, come to FanFest uh, in Sandy, San Antonio, Texas in September. Well, John, you heard what you had to do. Yeah. You got to go to the FanFest and say, I want this guy here. Please, can you get him to come? And then mm-hmm. he'll be there. Thank you for the $10. You're always supporting this channel. So I really appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. Wicked Virtue, again, uh, $2 super sticker. Thank you, Amanda. Thanks for always supporting. And my main man, bruh, for $5, says, bruh. He's very dedicated to that account and, and what he gives. So I really appreciate your dedication, my friend. Uh, uh, it's always the best super chat. And uh, I have a lot of trolls in the chat. Is there any? Is there anybody... <laughs> Does anybody not have a wrench uh, watching? So that I might have to wrench somebody. But uh, uh, I have stalkers. I uh, they've not. Well, these are like bots, and they like oh, okay. uh, they come in and you know they just they just spam they spam the chat. So there we go. I got it. Awesome. I got gotcha. you, Amanda. You are now a moderator. So since you have that silver thing, but uh, hey, discount superhero. Anyway, so what would you? say to someone who's like you know i'd love to write uh where where should i start right um start small start with what you know uh and become the the local expert on it uh in that sphere um so like i'm here in michigan um if i wanted to start you know as a travel writer uh, again, start from scratch from here. If I'd never done it, you know, I would write about, uh, my town, um, first and, you know, and then the County, um, then maybe the, you know, the quadrant of the state and kind of go from there. Um, but look at, look at, you know, I'd look at who my competitors are and what they're doing. You know, if there are other people, covering similar topics. I try to find a niche, try to find some aspect that, that they're all not talking about. You got to find something to distinguish yourself. Um, whether that, you know, hopefully that's some of the subject matter, but you know, in this day and age, it's hard because with the internet, the whole world's opened up, we're all competing, but try to find some, some aspect of the subject matter. You try to also find your, your own style, um, your own mm. way of presenting things, you know, and some of this applies not just to, to writing, but to, you know, YouTubing and doing other things like, like you're doing. Um, and, uh, yeah, start small, become the expert, um, do it as a hobby at first. Um, you do, do it for fun. Um, knowing it may take a long while, you know, before you can make money at it. Um, I, I like to tell people, though, if you're writing for somebody else, uh, once you make that jump where you're going to get published, you know, it, maybe it's easy for me to say this because I have been published. Um, but I would say don't work for free. Um, if, yeah. if somebody is profiting off of you in any way, you should be getting something in return. Um, it doesn't have to be money. Um, you know, my first, my first, uh, my first book that I did first travel book, I contributed to an anthology. The books had like, I don't know, 20 or 30 different travel writers in them. I did 
it was a series of anthologies. Um, the uh, oh, I'm trying to think of uh, shoot, I can't think of it off the top of my head. It was books for Southeast Asia. Um, they uh, did books for different countries, but anyway, um, they sent me, you know, a big box of free books, which I could do anything with. I could, you know, I could sell them. I could give them away as gifts or something, but I, I got something for what I did, something tangible. Um, so I would say, make sure you're getting something tangible. Otherwise you could publish to Substack um, or any number of outlets and you can monetize, monetize that yourself. You can start your own blog. I mean, exactly. just yeah. like write that for free. Uh, there's so many. That's what I always tell people. It's like if you have a passion for something, there's so many mm -hmm. avenues that's free. You right. can build a free website. Will it be the greatest in the world? No, but Not it's there. And you can yeah. just that's how you start. Mm -hmm. And once it's out on the Internet, you never know. Like you never know who's going to see it. Um, right. One more question. From the outcast creative uh he says was there any books that inspired you when you were younger or when you were starting out was there an author or a book that was just like this is the one that kind of put me in this direction yeah yeah um before i get to that i, I will say too don't set out if you want to be a writer don't set out that you're going to be a Star Wars author or you're going to be a Marvel author. Uh, yeah. You're not going to accept anything until you get that because that was never my goal when I started out. It's just God ordered this so that it would work that way. You can have it in the back of your mind as a dream, but day to day, you can't let that be what you're going to do because it's highly competitive. There's only so many opportunities. Um, and quite frankly, I'll, I'll add to that you know, the emphasis now is on diversity and representation. Um, publishers, whether it's Disney or anybody else, they just, the fact is they want to have half men, half women. Um, you know, they want to have, you know, black, Asian, Latino, you know, they want to, they want to have that whole spread, genders, sexualities, all of that. So what I say is it's great because it gives, it gives representation opportunities to the broad. Every everyone has an opportunity, um, but if it, within any one of those categories, whether you're black or white or Asian or whatever, you have far less opportunities. You know, before there might have been ten for you, now there's only going to be one. Um, so that restriction on top of all the other layers of restrictions, it's, it's highly unlikely that any of you are ever going to write Star Wars or Marvel. If I had to do it over again, you know, from the beginning, my chances are nil. Um, so, you know. Yeah, I'm at that's what the rebellion is all about. It's about yeah. doing it yourself. We're tired yeah, you, of what they're doing. Do, right. Um, we're tired I, about like everything that's uh, going on. And we're just right. like. We're going to publish was, it ourselves. We're going to crowdfund it ourselves. We're going to write our own stories. We're going to do it all. Just do it. So, that, you know. That was part of my philosophy in going overseas, too. Because before I went over, I had applied with Lucasfilm uh, for jobs. And I'd never get anything. You know, I applied for hundreds of jobs. And it's like, all right, if I can't work for Lucasfilm and make Indiana Jones movies with George Lucas, I'm going to go to Southeast Asia and I'm going to be my own Indiana Jones. And I did. 
I did exactly that. I had a life that was far better than Indiana Jones was. It, my life was more exciting than National Geographic or some some special on TV. I did it myself. You know, God bless me and let me come back and then do the real uh, Lucasfilm stuff. But that was, you know, I went and I, I made it up myself. Um, so yeah, do that. Um, now, books that I loved as a kid. Uh, okay, there was uh, Farley Moat, of course. Um, loved, uh, you know, loved The Hobbit, uh, all the J.R.R. Tolkien stuff, um, C.S. Lewis stories, uh, Narnia and all that. Um, I liked books with uh, pictures in them. Um, you know, the gr grim fairy tales. Um, you know, I liked uh, Disney stuff. Um, you know, doc, when I was a little kid, I loved Dr. Seuss, um, just fun, whimsical, creative stuff. I, I really value creative things. I know, man. Creativity like that's, uh, a lot of it's banned now too. So. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I, yeah. I had a lot of banned books, books that are banned now that I had as a kid. That's so sad. <laughs> it's very sad. That's so sad. But anyway, we've been going for almost two hours, my yeah. friend. It is awesome to have you on. And we'll definitely yeah. like have you back. Um, but if you want to check out author Adam Bray, his website is in the top of the description. It's basically Adam. Let's see. It's basically AdamBray.com. Uh, so there it is. You can see all his books, his travels. Everything that he's done is over there. So pick it up. Obviously, he autographs if you buy from the website. Check him out. And if you want him at your Comic-Con, contact them and say, I'd love to hang out with author Adam Bray. Anything in the works? Anything coming up? Uh, nothing I can really talk about. No, no worries. Well, when you're ready, we'll be here. <laughs> Well, thank you. <laughs> when we're ready, we'll we'll be here. So you can follow him on Twitter. Your Twitter account is also author Adam Bray on yep. Twitter. So if you want to connect with him, if you have any questions, he loves interacting with people. Do. Don't hesitate. Don't hesitate. Ask him a ask him a book question. Ask him whatever. Uh, he'd be happy to help. So um, check him out over there. So that's it. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Adam, for being here. And as always, we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks for listening. We hope you were inspired today. To hear more of the conversation, check out our Patreon or become a member of the channel. And don't forget to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We really appreciate it. We'll catch you in the next episode. And welcome to the Rebellion.